0: to 20 Feet Closer podcast presented by Bible Belt Outdoors. I'm here with co-host Jensen McCloy. Jansen, how are you this evening? I'm pretty good, bud. We have a very special guest with us today. Um, coming from the great state of Ohio, we've got Ethan Featheroff. Ethan, you doing okay this evening? Yes, sir. We've brought Ethan on the, uh, the podcast for tonight, and again, you're listening to Episode 2 Um Ethan killed an absolute giant deer. Um, was it this year or last year, Ethan? It was this year, Open okay. day of the season. Um, not going to spoil it too much because that's what majority of the podcast is going to be about today. Um, he killed an absolute Ohio giant um, earlier this year, and we brought him on to tell a little bit about it um, and get to know him a little better uh ethan and i've been talking via facebook for the last couple weeks and um i just like to get him to know him better and jansen get to know him better and um i know good lord willing we're we're in talks about bringing him on board with us at bible belt outdoors and um just excited about for one just the deer he killed uh, you know a phenomenal animal um and you know i'm just excited to hear about it um I'm sure you've been overloaded with questions and comments and phone calls and and that sort of thing since you've killed it. Yeah, it's yes. a, it's been a blessing. And, and that's kind of where I wanted to start, I guess. Um, I'm me and Jansen both are probably going to have a lot of questions in regards to the deer. Um, just we've got one um, Facebook follower that submitted one question and we'll we'll try to answer it here at the beginning um that way if uh, he can hear his question answered and doesn't have to listen through the whole thing so we'll we'll kick it off by answering that question and since there's three of us we'll we should get three different viewpoints uh, or three different answers um but to start off ethan tell us a little bit about where you're from i know from ohio but tell us a little more about um, you just, your basic background and that sort of thing.
1: Well, I'm from, a uh, Perry County, Ohio. It's a pretty small little county and, and, uh, we don't have much here except for about a subway and a Taco Bell, but it's got some big deer and, uh, I, I kind of, uh, I grew up here and it's been some amazing hunting and, uh, like I said, I just love it here. I got, uh, a wife and two kids and, uh, and my wife's a teacher and I work construction and, uh, it, like I said, uh, we're just blessed to be able to have some great land to hunt on and have an amazing
0: family so um yeah well good deal now in in relation to the the state of ohio is that in eastern part northeastern i can't remember exactly i i guess i don't know the specifics
1: i would say uh we're probably uh eastern
0: gotcha now, Jansen, um, how far is that from? I know we were in uh, Morgan County and I believe Washington County. Is that correct? When I was there, yeah,
2: I'm not. I'm not really sure how far. How far? That I have to pull up a map and check that. So I'm I, sure I, it's not too far. But
1: are you guys familiar with uh, Zanesville and Columbus at all? Yes, yes I, am. I am. Okay, well, I'm just right down below Columbus, close to uh, Lancaster, Ohio.
0: Okay, uh, a year, couple years ago, I think 2009, I hunted uh, Belmont County, Guernsey County, both, um, okay. and we kind of ventured over into Zanesville, just riding around kind of sightseeing. But.
1: Yeah, I'm about uh,
0: 15 minutes from Zanesville, where I actually ended up shooting my deer. So. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, we'll kick it off with um, Zach Scott was the only one that submitted a question. Um, I'll read the question, and we'll get kicked off with it. His question is, in y'all's opinion, when the big boys are locked down and you mainly see younger bucks, do you think your success at a mature buck is higher hunting either A, travel routes from bedding areas, or B, close to a food source to pick one off that's following his hot doe to feed? Um, Jansen, I'll let you start and give your answer first.
2: Um. I would have to say I would stick to bedding on that because if they are with that one hot dough, I think they're going to be locked down with her in the thickest, darkest place you can find, and they're probably not going to move too far in my experience. They probably might get get up and walk 50 yards and then lock back down, just stay on her, but that, that's my opinion. I, I would stick to bedding over food for
0: sure. Ethan, how about you?
1: You know, I I would have to follow up with what he said. I think closer to betting would be the best. Um, you know, they don't they don't travel real far, especially when they're on lockdown. Uh, and um, yeah, I definitely agree with him there. Um, I think uh, they do travel a little bit once the does start to come off. And uh, I would. Uh, I would definitely take the bedding for the most part, but you do catch them out on food sources as well. If there's more than one hot doe in the area, you just never know. So,
0: I'll agree. And my kind my answer is kind of dependent upon the property that you're hunting and your buck to doe ratio. That lockdown period can vary as far as how long it is, um, depending on the you know how long the doe stays in heat and how long it takes him to actually breed her. But if you've got a heavy doe population, I will 100% agree with y'all. bedding areas is, is is where it's at. But if you're closer to a one to one ratio, and after he breeds that one doe and he's got to get up on his feet and travel more to find that next doe, um, I can see the the food source being a productive, um, you know, technique to hunt him and try to kill him. But that I, I'll agree with y'all. I think the the best option would be um you know travel routes to and from bed and i definitely think that that y'all hit it spot on so that's our uh again our only viewer submitted question this week i know i posted it kind of late but um again the main purpose of this episode was to to talk with ethan about this deer and um we'll jump right into that ethan um Starting off, I guess. Um, tell us what it scored. Um, if you've had it aged, how old do you think it was? Um, and any, you know, if you've had any history, I don't know if you had multi multi year history with him or not. Um, tell us a little bit about the deer.
1: Well, I had him scored. Uh, his official score was ended up being two fifteen and two eights we originally grossed him at, uh, 220 and twenty and three three eights. And I had him scored by, uh, actually Ed Waite with Buckmasters. And, um, I started off, this is my first year actually seeing this particular deer. I started seeing him in July and, uh, I was running a lot of different trail cams at a lot of other places. And the first picture I got of this deer, I pretty much just became tunnel vision. And I knew this was a deer that I wanted. And, I just pretty much focused on that property and how could I get this deer in particular. So, um, from that point on, I, uh, I was getting a lot of pictures of them in a bean field. But I knew, like, you know, the closer they get to the season, sometimes they come off of those feeding patterns. So, I wanted to really find out everywhere this deer was bedding. So, anytime that it rained, what I would do was I would go and I would take my cameras and I would move them a little bit farther back off the field until I was able to find this deer's bed, and uh, I, I found him he bedded in three different places consistently, and I knew it was going to be in one of those three beds. And um, uh, once I was able to find that, I, I was really able to pattern him and get him as he was coming out, and uh,
0: the rest is history. <laughs> now, did, did you have a lot of daytime pictures of him, or I know oh there one thing that I,
1: This deer did was he gave me a lot of daytime pictures, more than I've ever got of any other mature buck. And I, um, on on rainy days especially, he would be in the field between one and two o'clock eating. And then on a sunny day, it would seem like five or six o'clock he was out in the field. He gave me tons of trail cam videos, pictures. It, It was just amazing to be able to document everything and he he had a really nice partner to hang out with him that was about 160 inch mainframe 8 point and uh, they stepped out together on opening night and um i was trying to swing my camera arm around to get them on film and i had the big eight about 20 yards and he was about 30 and when i swung that camera arm around they both looked right up at me and as you can imagine, my heart started to drop a little bit because I could tell they were getting nervous. So I just left the camera rolling, pointing into the field, not sure if I actually had him in focus or not. And he he started to walk away about 35 yards. and I stopped him. And when I released that arrow, it, I knew it was a perfect shot right away. And I heard him go down within 20 to 30 yards from where I'd shot him. He just stepped inside the woods and I heard him crash. And it was an emotional moment because i i knew what the deer was going to bring and it was able to help kind of elevate me where i wanted to go with my hunting career and i i've gained a lot of new friends and here i am talking to you guys today so yeah, i think that's pretty awesome i guess
0: <laughs> All Right, jansen now you got any questions before we get dig deeper into it
2: i uh, just that's what an amazing story on a crazy crazy deer buck of a lifetime it's you know, you hear about the rarity of a 200-inch deer being killed. Usually, you know, it's the it's the ghost in the night that only gives you nighttime pictures, and you you catch it making one mistake it makes the entire year, killing it. For someone to be able to pattern a deer like that, you know, that quality, that's extremely rare. And it's just awesome to hear it go down like that, rather than to someone... Have to you know put hundreds of stand hours in and have hundreds of cameras out and never get a daytime picture of this crazy giant buck and he was able to do all that and get to experience it in a whole different way. That's just a crazy story
0: definitely i honestly, I thought coming into to tonight's conversation that that was gonna be the story we were going to get of hey, I've been chasing this deer for the last two years I've, he you know he's never made a mistake i've only got nighttime pictures of him and um again i didn't know if he killed it this year or last year i was thinking that you know maybe he he made one mistake chasing a doe and, and ran a doe by you know and that was the only time you'd ever seen him in the daylight i, was, I really wasn't expecting that and that that really just goes to show that even though a, a deer is that mature as that deer obviously was um you know each one of them has a different tendencies. Some of them, you know, you apparently had found his home range. Um, I mean, that's a phenomenal animal, like over 600 inches. That's, that's amazing.
1: You know, honestly, the thing that surprised me the most about this deer was this was my most trusted property that I've been hunting all my life since I was
2: a little boy. And I've never seen this deer before. That was going to be my next question, that if you had a history with the deer... And I, every
1: other deer that I had on my camera that year, I I'd seen and the big eight that was with him, I had seen previous year. And I don't know if maybe I'm just not looking through my pictures and this deer's not ringing a bell because maybe he got injured and just grew all those extra tines. Um, I really don't know, honestly. And, um, when I, like I said, when I started seeing him in July, it was just, I actually named this deer obsession because it became my obsession. I was just, I wanted to do everything I could do to get this deer and I took leaps and bounds beyond what I, I mean, I've been a successful hunter for a while now and I've shot several 130s and 140s and I just knew I had to do everything to take this to the next level to be able to get this deer and that's when I started really focusing on going in using my scent control in the off season to, uh, you know, just making sure my boots are sprayed down every time I walk in there only checking my cameras uh every three weeks instead of going in you know like every one to two weeks and i think all those little things helped helped me get this deer and keep him on his pattern
0: now you say you killed him on the opening day what what day was it was in late september Uh, september 29th september 29th was it a morning or evening hunt
1: I didn't even want to hunt him in the morning because I knew where this deer was bed. It was so close to his food. If I had tried to go in there and hunt him, I would have bumped him off of the food source. And so I elected to just go in and hunt him in the afternoon. Um, and, uh, like I said, I don't quote me. I don't know the exact time off the top of my head, but I'm thinking it was about six o'clock when I shot him. It was between five forty-five and six o'clock. I think when I shot him and, uh, Like I said, I I was so emotional when I got him. I I honestly teared up. This has been just a dream of mine to be able to harvest a deer this big as it probably is for any (laughs) avid hunter. And uh, first thing I did was call my dad, man, because my dad and my brother were both texting me saying, you know, you deserve this. We know you're going to get this deer tonight. And um, (laughs) it ended up happening, man. It was just, it was awesome. And to give you guys like, A little story within the story uh one of my best friends um him and i when we discovered this deer you know he we made a pact he's like as soon as you get this deer text me gbd uh giant buck down well when it really hit me when i'm sitting there understanding i I meant to text him that i texted him god and (laughs) that that was a testament to me because i was sitting on the stand praying for God to let me get this buck, and when I looked back through it and I seen that I texted him God, and he knew exactly what I meant—that I got that deer. That was another thing that just you know it
0: really opened up my eyes. Like wow, <laughs> uh, definitely a blessing to you know all of us that hunt and specifically yeah. that are that are Christians. You know that. Yeah, I know people always laugh and say, "Man, do you pray for for success?" and I always whenever i pray for it, i say lord if it be your will for me to kill one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know yeah. i don't ever want to do anything outside of his will but at the same time yes. i'll kill a big deer <laughs> yeah no and uh
1: i was i was pretty much born hunting man my dad's had men since i was a little boy and it's always like a family competition to you know kind of see who can get the biggest deer that year well it felt good for me to say the first time. I not only got the big deer, I got the biggest deer in the family. And now, uh, my grandpa and my dad, they can't all pick on me anymore and say, "Yeah, we still got the big buck."
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that they'll ever knock you off for that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. that one's gonna be tough to top. Not impossible, though. I mean, how as you all both know, hunting Ojo on a regular basis has yeah. a has a lot to offer. Yes, sir i know you mentioned uh, the property you said you were had hunted it since you were a kid that was one of the things that i had written down to ask you is you know was it i assumed it was private but was it family land was it you know joe blow down the street gave me permission to hunt on it and allowed to my family to hunt on it forever um just based off what you're saying it doesn't sound like an outfitter or anything of that nature so no sir no no outfitter
1: um Actually, when I was a little boy, um, me and my buddy, we would just drive around on our four-wheeler, uh, just asking every local farmer and just person next to my parents' house, Hey, can we hunt your land? You know, just being kids. And it was actually, um, a Mennonite family and they said, sure, why not? You guys can hunt our land. And we've been hunting there ever since. And, uh, in return, we give them deer meat every year and, um, that that makes them happy so it, they you know they they're awesome
0: people that's all i know yeah, <laughs> sounds like it i would i'd be forever grateful after oh you know, man a deer was, like that up there he was he was tickled to death when
1: he seen me dragging that big old buck through his front yard <laughs> and uh i i had told him about it earlier in the season and his boys are they're all becoming of age and they're all starting to get into hunting and like I told him, I said, I would love to share it with them and they can use any one of my stands, you know, that I have here. And I was, like I told him, I said, I understand family comes first. So if you ever need me to leave this property, I'm grateful for everything you've done for me. So don't be afraid to tell me no, you know, like I under, I really understand, you know what I mean? But no, they've been great to me, man. Uh, hopefully uh, more big bucks there
0: next year. Absolutely. And what? Well, I- while we're on the property how big of a piece is it like acreage wise
1: this particular property is only 16 acres but oh, wow. i do i do have um very close friends that own all the property around it so i was blessed to be able to uh you know what i mean kind of i could chase this deer wherever i wanted to if i had to but he really just stayed on that particular property there was a very narrow strip of woods in between uh two bean fields and they had just logged it out about three years ago and at the time i was super bummed because those woods were so open nothing but big oaks and i would just always see nice bucks traveling through there but they were never hanging out there now now that they've logged these woods it has absolutely just became a deer haven and they live there and they don't leave there because it's so thick. No one would want to walk through it. And apparently that's the habitat that deer like. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I now, now that I got that deer and I realized what those people actually did for me, I'm a little bit happier.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, nah, I yeah. would be too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: The, um, that's something that, you know, I think, a common misconception is you have to have a large track to kill good deer and that's i know me and jensen have talked about it in the past like the property that he had me hunting on when i was up there with him was i think 17 or 18 acres is that right jensen yep and it it's all about the what the property presents for the deer you know they they don't know property boundaries and a lot of times i think i forget that i think i look at it as well this deer knows he's on a five acre pieces of property no the, the deer don't care they don't have property lines they don't care whose property they're on yeah and i think a lot of times we we get caught up in thinking we need a bigger better piece of property i know um i know you had said um that it it changed your life um as or your your hunting career um and i know i would read a few things about you asking about uh companies that make replicas and and things of that nature tell us a little bit about since you've killed the deer um have people reached out to you have you had to reach out to them um tell us kind of how that's went oh man it,
1: it was amazing i i i run my own webpage if you guys don't mind me talking about that absolutely uh,
0: not go ahead with
1: i i run my own webpage uh, feathernet outdoors it, it was something i started Back in the day with my friends, you know, we were just kind of like, let's be funny and start a web page and post pictures of our deer. Well, I had like, I don't know, maybe a hundred followers. And then as soon as I shot that buck, next thing I know, I have 240,000 views and just constant friend request. At one point, I had over 5,000 friends and they wouldn't let me accept anymore. And um, all the guys from North American Whitetail, Buckmasters, uh, just camo companies all kinds of companies reaching out to me asking me if I use their products if I'm interested in using their products and um, a lot of them I was interested in but at the same time I'm true to who I am and I and I I stick with what I use and I'm not gonna you know say I use someone's product when I didn't right and I I I admire
0: that and respect that about you I I read some of your I believe you posted something about it. I won't get into the specifics of what companies it was and stuff, but that is one thing I definitely admired about you. I know some people were maybe asking you to say, um, Mm -hmm. lie and say you use their product to kill the deer with to promote them. And I I appreciate the fact that you stayed true to who you are and were honest about it. And um, honestly,
1: like I said, if you, look up uh, my name on North American Whitetail, you can find my story there. And I don't i don't know if I mentioned to you guys, before I had even shot this buck, I dislocated my shoulder. I separated my AC joint. I had a bone spur, spur and I tore my bicep. And I've known about this since July, since I first discovered the deer, but I wanted to put it off to be able to get this buck because it was my left shoulder and my left bicep and I shoot left-handed. Um, so I actually got that surgery right after I shot the buck, uh, actually got, I got the surgery a couple weeks later on the 15th and, uh, I have not been able to pull back my bow since. So thank the Lord I got that deer on the first day of the season. Um, and that's part of the story that's actually in North American Whitetail. But, uh, honestly, my favorite company so far that reached out to me and I'm with, um, killer food plots. Uh, I'm sponsored with them now. Nick Percy's the owner he actually reached out to me and said, Hey, we'd love to have your deer in our booth and interested in meeting you and your family. And that, that to me, that meant a lot when he said he wanted to meet my family and he actually came down to Ohio. He's from Michigan. He came down here, he went to, he came to my house and he played with my kids and treated them like his own. And for a sponsor to do that, means more to me than any product they can give me because i know that person really cares about me and my family which means more to me than hunting you know so uh that was just awesome for him to come down and do that and i'll be at the ata this year for the first time and uh i'll be displaying my deer in his booth and hopefully next year i'll be displaying an even bigger deer off of the products that he's graciously letting me use
0: absolutely and that was another question i have whenever you you start talking about other deer Um, i know you mentioned earlier that you've killed a few 130 140s it's is there any other deer um, that you've killed um, anywhere close to 200 inches Uh,
1: no sir that was the that was the biggest now i'm not gonna not gonna lie to you and say i haven't had opportunities that deer that big i um a couple years ago I was hunting a deer that I thought was probably gross 200. Um, He was a 14 pointer. Well, it didn't work out how I planned. I almost got him on the first day of the season, but some other people had heard about this deer on the neighboring property and they were hunting him as well and kind of bumped him uh, out past me about 80 yards. So I had to let him obviously walk and I passed up 150 inch eight to be able to get an opportunity at that one. Well, some time had gone by, and the deer disappeared. And uh, he ended up just dying of, I'm guessing, natural causes in the neighbor's backyard. And they had found him. And my buddy Jay Byer actually has the rack. And um, I think I can't remember exactly what he said. He ended up scoring. I think it was 192 or something like that. But he is an absolute beautiful deer. <laughs> But my biggest before that was like 140 something. Uh, I don't know the exact score off the top of my head.
0: Still 140 inches for. <laughs> I'm from North Carolina. 140 inch deer is a, a trophy all day long.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was pretty happy with shooting 140 inch deer. And like I said, I've got several nice bucks. And uh, I just, this year, I really wanted to try to take my hunting to the next level and see where I could take it. I didn't realize it was going to be. On a 200, <laughs> I I was hoping for maybe like a 150, 160, and uh, it just so happened this bug started showing up on my camera. And to be honest, uh, I've I've been out a lot this season, and uh just I haven't taken my bow out since I shot that deer. I just wanted to go out and share my experiences with everybody and help them get on deer. And I've been on four bucks over 140 this year and just as of yesterday we had a great encounter with 180 inch deer uh unfortunately that one didn't didn't go the way we had planned it but it was still awesome to see 180 inch deer in the same season as my
0: 215 inch deer absolutely i can't imagine what um i want to kind of slowly start wrapping things up i don't want to keep you all night um a few other questions that i had and jansen if you've got any uh, just jump in um you mentioned another another deer you were hunting that folks on a neighboring property kind of bumped it did you have any other folks do you think that knew about this deer uh this particular one we're talking about anybody else know about it or was there anybody else hunting it that you're aware of uh
1: nobody was hunting it that i'm aware of and I've never seen pictures on anybody else's trail cams of this deer. Um, Now, I will tell you that there's some pictures of my deer that got famous here in Ohio pretty quick as I sent some to a couple people seeking some advice because I wanted to just be able to have the best knowledge possible, you know, from all the local hunters that I know of had success killing deer early season, see what they did to get big deer. And, uh, somehow a couple of the pictures got out and then it just went spread like wildfire. I was seeing my picture on the web, well, not my picture of me, but my picture of the deer on the web page and just everyone had it. And I was starting to get nervous. Like, man, is somebody going to find my place and start trying to hunt this deer? And luckily they never did. <laughs>
0: so, uh, uh, several years back, I'm sure both of y'all have heard of it. The OG Ohio giant that, was kind of made famous by archery talk <laughs> that's kind of the reason i was asking that question because exactly what you're saying your fear was um happened with that deer the the guy took it to archery talk and posted it on the forum yeah. and um it it snowballed very quickly i think it was like 215 pages of a forum all dedicated to that deer and wow. people started coming out of the woodwork um showing trail cam pictures of it on different locations and then you had guys trying to to poach and and trespass to get in somewhere where they thought that deer may be and then you had people taking pictures and and posting them on the internet saying that they had it you know
2: yeah diff,
0: like different states even there was people posting it in missouri like saying look i just got this. people seeking that i guess fame and in recognition just but you know they're saving the pictures of their phone that they find and you know that it's unfortunate that you know i guess no matter what industry you look at there's gonna be people that that do things like that that's why i was asking is if word got out about a you know a 215 inch deer i I could see people you know doing whatever they had to do to get an opportunity to kill i don't i don't know if you guys have ever seen any of the velvet
1: pictures of my buck in velvet a lot of people thought this deer was like 300 inches because he was just so tall and just 20 straight points that went straight off his head it was pretty crazy and then the 192 i actually spent more time on that deer than i have ever spent on any deer and he uh i i was in the field with that deer multiple times just sitting with my video camera watching him and i because i found out about him a lot earlier in the season but again i was I felt like a novice at that time, not taking the steps that I took on this particular buck that actually allowed me to get him that maybe I should have done on the other deer. I was primarily focused on hunting that 190-inch deer just off of the food source and not running cameras anywhere else, just where I was getting him during the daylight. And I felt like that was probably my biggest error, was
0: not trying to find his bed, which I should have done right and that you know that is not a i would say not a common technique a lot of people are afraid to dig that deep um to go to those lengths in fear of bumping him off of their property you know especially on that small of a piece you know you you have to be confident that you're making the right move and making the right decision because you know one little mistake and you could bump him off of that 16 acres on to you know and right out of your life yeah absolutely i I definitely commend you for for making the right choices and i i think that's a a testament to to your knowledge and i don't you know i'm not even that familiar with you but i i commend you definitely on the the steps you took one i i actually i learned
1: things from that other deer and with the mistakes and right things that i did i i actually bumped that deer off of that property multiple times just walking out in the field in daylight because at first I didn't know he was there and one day I was just walking on that field and I was standing face to face 20 yards from that 109 inch deer and so I just went back there the next day and sat from afar and I noticed that in the summer that buck no matter how many times I could bump him he would continue to do the same thing and I, I was really surprised by that so I, I don't think that early season honestly I don't, I don't think that deer are that afraid of you because they know that you're not hunting them. And maybe as you get closer into the season, you wouldn't want to do that. And when I got closer to the season, I never once went in that deer's betting area. I stayed out of it. I had my cameras out of there. And I I didn't go in there for like the last month of the season because I didn't want to take a chance of running him out of there. I just hoped that he continued to eat his food and stay in the beans. And I didn't check my camera until the night that I was able to hunt him. And he was still consistently on them patterns and it worked out.
0: Jansen, you got any questions? I've, I think I've got maybe. <sighs> I got a
2: couple. I got a couple questions. Um, were, were you able to get any of it on film? Like You said you, you wasn't sure if you got any of the kill on film, but were you able to film at least the recovery and things like that? And I and did film that?
1: I filmed some of the recovery, and then, unfortunately, my kill shot wasn't on there. All you hear is me saying, oh, my gosh, I just smoked him. <laughs> 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 and then then you just hear, like, my little panic, like I'm fidgeting around for the camera. <laughs> I think I could hear my heart pumping in, in the camera. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure you could. And, and uh, so go ahead. I was going to say, when I, uh, when I got down out of the tree, I filmed some stuff on my phone, and uh i i did a little documentary walking up to the deer and i i think i said something like oh i started seeing this deer in august which i don't even know why i said that i think my mind was just a little bit of everywhere because i found him in july <laughs> and uh <laughs> i had to like I, I explained that to people like i don't know why i said august i started getting pictures of this deer in july but uh, yeah then i just kind of like when i seen him
2: i just lifted up the rack and i was thinking to myself yeah, that just happened. <laughs> and I can—that's insane. Uh, my next question was: Was the DNR and at all like on you about this? Like, did they want to come recover the deer with you and document it? You no, know? they actually didn't. Um,
1: I'm good friends with our local game warden, Tony Zirkel. and um, I actually contacted him immediately as soon as I shot it, and I let him know, like, "Hey, man, I got this deer. I want you to know that I got it." and come legalize it and do whatever you got to do but he trusted me he knows who i am as a hunter and um i i honestly started sending him pictures before anybody else of this deer him and my buddy jay Byer. i sent them pictures because those two guys i just they're great hunters and any knowledge i could get from them to get this deer i i knew it would help and i was especially sending tony the pictures because i wanted him to know that this was legit and
2: it wasn't no farm raised deer because that was one of the questions and you know, yeah, stuff yeah. that people always yeah, you're say. always gonna have that when you have a deer like that on even just a picture of it, you know, you're always yeah. gonna have those people that think it's fake and, and whatnot, but Yeah. Uh but I was uh, I was glad to have
1: have those good friends like that and, you know, have a good reputation with the game warden and stuff like that so they know I'm legit and uh Like I said, but I didn't have too many issues with anybody. Um, Now, like I said, there was a lot of companies that reached out to me, one in the score and one in the story and stuff like that. That's about it.
2: And my last question was, was the bean field you were hunting and and actually killed the deer? Had they turned brown yet or were they still lush and green?
1: They were very green still.
2: and That was uh,
1: one thing I knew I had to my advantage which maybe I didn't touch on very much, was all the properties around this, there was no other crops. There was only two bean fields, and they were where I was hunting, one on the top and one on the bottom in between this patch of woods. And there was also a creek on the property, so there was plenty of water. This deer just had everything he needed to never leave that property. And those beans were, like I said, they were a very late-planted crop, and they were extremely green. By the time the season had started, and
2: uh, yeah, it worked out pretty great <laughs> yeah that's that's what's important about you know it doesn't matter if you have that ten acre plot or that thousand acre plot if you I'd, I'd rather have a ten acre plot that's set up like what you're talking, you know, surrounded by maybe not the best habitat for deer, but you know you' got this one sanctuary that could hold all these big bucks rather than have a thousand acres i think it's I think it's a lot easier to manage a smaller perfect piece of property you might I, say that's 1000 acres of chaos really and on this one
1: piece of property i'm not kidding you just in that summer there was 15 to 20 I, i'd have to go back and check my trail cam pics there's 15 to 20 beautiful deer on that property and some of them next year are definitely going to be shooters and there was three this year that were absolute shooters if i wasn't seeing a 200 inch deer so i'm hoping next year produces some great success both those fields are going to be corn which is unfortunate but right above where i shot my buck i did get permission to put in a two and a half acre food plot so hopefully they uh, still really like beans
2: <laughs> that's awesome
0: and my one other quick question for me and we'll let you get back to your family or get in the bed whatever you got planned for the evening i know you you talked about some shoulder injuries and that sort of thing you killed this deer with a a compound bow not a crossbow correct
1: yes sir i killed it with a compound okay actually
0: just curious either way i don't care if you (laughs) i don't care if you kill it with a gun um i'm still one of those type of people where i'm a hunter uh point blank in this you know the every sense of the word i don't I don't criticize folks for using a crossbow or using a gun or anything like that. It's just not me, but I was just curious.
1: You know, one thing I want to say while we're on this podcast that um, maybe a lot of people don't know about me because I do like to chase big deer and I've killed some pretty nice bucks. I I just want to say it's not all about killing a big buck. It means just as much to me to watch my nephew go out for the first time. Like we had a youth hunt this weekend and shoot his first little four pointer. It's not all about, big rack i mean as a hunter you need to do what makes you happy and i just see too many people bashing other hunters because they hunted with a crossbow or they shot a little buck it's just i I really don't like that and i just want to let people know i mean shoot what makes you happy you know what i mean do what you love to do as a hunter it's not always about the rack sometimes it's about the meat. you know sometimes it's just about the memory
2: yeah nothing makes me more happier than to hear someone that's had the success that you've obviously had that still, you know, goes by that, because that that's 100%, I, I agree 100%, I mean, if you want to go chase big deer, and that's all you want to kill, do it, if you want to shoot a 100 inch 8 point, do it, if you want to shoot a spike, okay, I mean, if you're having fun, and making memories, and eating the meat, do what's going to make you happy, we're all out there to do the same thing, and we're all fortunate enough to be able to have the privilege to hunt anything, yeah, the, the way the world is today, so just do what you want to do. Yeah, like I
1: said, I'm more excited than anything for my kids to come over age, so I can just share the outdoors with them and get them their first deer. You know, like that was. I still have s- such great memories with my dad shooting my first deer, and I, I guess I, I could ramble on for days. But one of the most memorable hunts for me was uh, one of the first times my dad and I went bow hunting together. My one of my grandpa's had passed away of a heart attack. And I was handed down his bow. He was a lefty. He was the only one that was left-handed in our family. So, and so am I. So I got his bow, and I shot a beautiful 12-point for my first bow kill. And just walking up to that with my dad, like that's just a memory that I'll never forget. And just to dream about sharing that
2: with my family one day, I'm just so excited for it. I'm in the same boat, but I got a three-year-old and a five-month-old, so I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, absolutely,
1: man. Well uh guys thanks for having me on and uh hopefully i answered your questions well sorry if i sound a little nervous and battled uh like i said i'm i'm new to the podcast thing and just new to talking to all these great hunters out here and uh i'm just trying to give the best knowledge i can and learn from you guys as well so
0: we appreciate you uh yeah we appreciate you coming on with us and um again uh it's a phenomenal deer congratulations on it and you know I, I look to talking look forward to talking with you more and um you know getting to know you better and again like i said at the beginning um if the the good lord works it out where you can come on board with us i i would love it we'll talk more about that in the coming days but i really you know i really appreciate you taking time out of your evening to, to be on here with us it's it's been great just to you know to to see that there's other people in the hunting community that you know Jansen and I get to talk a lot um, and we're seven hours away and it's amazing how much we're alike as far as our opinions on things and the way we view things and and it's just you know re-encouraging whenever you meet somebody again that you're eight or nine hours away from where I live and across the state from Jansen and um you have those same views and values that we do and that's you know definitely encouraging uh to know that there's still other folks like that out there but but we really appreciate it and again um this is ethan featheroff um we'll post a picture of his deer on our facebook page and um i, I know people's bombarded you but i encourage you to reach out and, and uh, find a picture of, of ethan's deer just so you can kind of grasp the um how magnificent this this buck was but um without further ado we're going to jump off here we appreciate all y'all for listening um again this is episode two of 20 feet closer and um we'll be um posting another one here in the next couple weeks we may have ethan back on in the near future to to talk some more deer hunting strategies and and such as, as that but uh we hope all you guys have a good thanksgiving and um, we'll talk to you next time see you guys have a good night